Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. Don't sit. Today is Father's Day, and I want to wish every father that's here, biological father, as well as men who have taken on the responsibility of becoming fathers to others, even though they might not be biological. But you know, the most and the greatest father of all is God our Father. And so we'll sing a chorus that says, Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Amen. Amen. Heavenly There are so many things I'd like to talk about, and so today I'll title this message, Before I Even Preach, and the title would be, 
Father's Day message 2023. That's very simple. There, there are some days that I don't get myself stressed. But the world we're living in today, every day, can be a stressful day. Um, personally, physically, I stress about things that are not right in my own body, but I don't stress to that extent that I can't cope with it. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. Isn't that what they say? Y'all tell me back what I just said. All right. And so, when you rise up in the morning, whatever the day holds for you, it is important that you have the strength to perform all that you need to do, the responsibilities that come with living in today's society. Well, some days I stress more than other days about things. So when I say stress, we're glad to see Sister Chandri here. Um, she didn't have to come, her last treatment uh, tomorrow. And she's got her hand strapped up with a needle inside to continue that treatment. But she wanted to come to church today. So she said, Dad, and the hairstyle, I think it looks good. And um, so I'm glad that she's out. But you know, when you have problems in your body physically, your family becomes stressed. And I told her that I'm glad that I'm alive and I'm around to take care of her while she's going through her problems. Because today's Father's Day, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, think about my dad physically. And this week I thought about him. He was a fine man. But I thought about Brother Goodwin. He was my pastor. A lot of people would sit in church and say, Brother Goodwin is my pastor. No, he wasn't your pastor. I'm your pastor. He was my pastor. And I, when I say my pastor, I paid my tithes to him. Because I don't have a pastor today, I paid my, pay my tithes into the church. And when he was my pastor, I needed counsel. I talked to him because he held that position. When he died, I became pastorless. Since his death in 1996, I don't have someone I can look up to and ask for counsel and guidance. I'm on my own. That's a stress by itself. You want to make sure when you stand behind the pulpit that you offer the people the proper counsel and the proper direction because there's so many voices today. And God is good. He allowed me to fall off a ladder and broke my heel. So I quit dancing. He allowed me to make a trip into Guyana and injure myself. He allowed that. So I don't make trips. And when you get stand outside of the box and you look on in, you can see clearly 
what's going on within the box. And so every day you rise up and you have responsibilities, you have things, but you got to do it because, but I look, I am not a dictator, God is. I preach his word and so the dictator's word comes out and you, you, you abide by his word, you live, you disobey him, you die. You die first spiritually and then you die physically and that's God. It's always been the same. He hasn't changed. And so yesterday morning I got up and I didn't tell anybody. I got up, prayed, had my morning quiet time and then went. And I started to do things because I know we're having company. Brother Ben and Sister Jasmine are coming to the house. And we want to make sure everything is tidy up. And she is immobilized. Normally she would do everything. And so I'm trying to fit in her shoe, and she got a slippery shoe. You put your foot in and you fall off. And so I was busy yesterday, and then among all the things, I look at the entrance of the church, of the house, and there were those little fancy rocks, and there was like one million little weeds growing. And so I got down, got a little stool, and got down, and I'm there plucking weeds. I'm thinking, about the future of the church. Um, yesterday I decided on which company would fix the door, will we'll build us a new door. And uh, all of these things, you know, one thing after the other, you're thinking, and while I'm on my knees, somebody, somebody said behind me, hello. So I turn around and there was this elderly woman standing at the entrance of uh, the patio to get into my house. She stand up there and she says, good morning. So I looked at her and I said, good morning. She said, are you having a garage sale? So I needed a break. I got up, walked over to her <clears throat> and I said, uh, well, you give me a break. I'm glad you came. You can give me a break. Um, she says, well, I'm not really looking for a garage sale to buy stuff because I have enough. Uh, I'm actually downsizing. I said, well, you why are you looking for garage sale? I said, how old are you? You don't ask a lady her age. They hide it. She was very bold and she said, I'm 87. And I said, you're going for a garage sale? And she said, yes. I don't need anything, but I buy little items. And she, I said, what's your name? And she says, Hel Helda. 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 And she gave me a la last German name, right? So I said, you're German? She said, yes, originally. And she says, I'm looking for a garage sale so I can buy little items that when I meet old people she didn't say like myself she says when i meet old people i can make them smile give them something to make them smile so you're going to garage sale to give to buy stuff to give old people to make them smile she said yes i said you have a good attitude and she looked at me she says and I've got some things written down here. 
She says, a good attitude is a result of a heart of gratitude to God. She said, whether things are good or things are bad, if you have a gratitude to God, it gives you a good attitude to the people around you. And I'm listening to this woman, and I'm thinking, I said, attitude is everything. She said, yes, but a good attitude. And then she looked at me, she says, you want to make God laugh? I said, this is interesting. How do I do that? She says, you make your plans and tell God what your plans are. And when she said God will laugh, you know the Bible says God laugheth at their derision. She means there's no way you can make a plan and hope God fit in. And that's a statement I made so many years. I said, we make plans and hope God can fit into our agenda. I said that for years. Here is a woman standing before me. I've never seen her before. And this was yesterday. And she's starting to tell me things. She says, you know, I'm looking at you. Do not overwork yourself. How did she know? I had an injury and the doctor told me not to overwork myself. And she said, yet, I'm not telling you to be lazy and sit down. She said, because that will cause people to die. And she went on for half an hour, I'm listening to her. She says, you know, in this life, when you go around, don't judge people for how they look and their attitude, and if they're not nice to you. She said, treat everyone with the thought in mind that you don't know what they have gone through today, and they might just be responding to the negatives of their life. But a good morning to someone can change their whole day. And so I took time, I told her about the good morning that I told that lady. Uh, that had her depression lifted after years of depression. Helga and I, we had such a beautiful communication, and I wrote a lot of things down. And she says, be a pleasant influence to the people you meet. Greet everyone, even those with a bad disposition, greet them with a smile. And when half an hour was done, I said, I called my daughter to listen to you for a little bit. Today, I needed an angel to talk to me. I did. And I said, you did. God sent you to lift my spirit. I might never see Helga again. But she lifted my spirit. And when Nadine came out, she lifted Nadine's spirit. And she doesn't go to Gospel Assembly Church. I think sometimes we are too boxed up in this church that we don't realize how important people are around us. Here's Brother Hammond sitting at the back. When I walk into McDonald's, I don't bring depression into McDonald's. I don't know if you look at me when I walk in there. I make everyone have a smile that I encounter. And I walk down the street and it's the same thing. And here was a woman that did that to me.
And Nadine went in, she says, give me a few minutes. She went in, she got some of those things that she make, uh, five boxes, little boxes, gift boxes. And she said, here are five things you can give. And she wanted to refuse it. She refused it. She says, no, you labor hard to get that. I don't want to take that. Nadine says, you're making my day. She says, I'll pay you. How much you have in mind to spend today? She says, $10. I said, well, I tell you what, pay us by visiting us again some other time in the future. But that is how life is. And today is Father's Day and I'm thinking, what do I talk about? I thought we had a very interesting service last night. Um, you know, every service to me is interesting. Every service teaches me more about God. I don't know what you learn, but every service I learn more about God. Today is Father's Day, and I want to give you some history here. Um, Father's Day was started by a woman, Sonora Smart Dodd, D-O-D-D, in the 1900, early 1900s. She was, was like 1910 was the year that it became official. It was a follow-up to Mother's Day, which was in the 1800s. And this particular day was in memory of 362 men who died in a disaster. And that's how it got started. And you know, anything that's good and gets started becomes a commercial enterprise. The businessmen in the world see how they can make money out of whatever this is. And so, just to tell you a little bit about this, and then today, I've got before me here a Jehovah's Witness Bible. New World Translation. This thing is heavy. But they have their own translation, and I plan to, in a few minutes, um, use the Jehovah's Witness Bible and bring a few things to your attention. And in this world, there are, in a brief search, 8 million Jehovah's Witnesses. Gospel Assembly maybe have, overall in the whole world, maybe we have got 15,000 people, members, 15 to 20,000. The Jehovah's Witness, they are 8 million plus. The Seventh-day Adventists is 1.2 million. The Catholics is 1.3 billion. Big organization, isn't it? And the Muslims are 1.8 billion. As a single organization, Islam seems to be one of the leading forces in the world. And so for us to be more than the Muslims, we have to combine Christians. Uh, all the denominations combine together, and we'll be able to have a little number uh, bigger than the Muslim. Why am I saying all of this? I'm saying that sometimes, I know Jesus said, fear not little flock. But sometimes we get carried away and feel we're the best thing in the world when there are people around the world that are more dedicated than us. That's right. That's 
I was showing someone something I found in the news. As a matter of fact, I listened to it on the news and went to find out. Uh, they have a new, they said on the news, they have a new Spider-Man movie. The Arab nations, with Dubai as one of the predominant ones, if I got the news right, refuse to show the Spider-Man movie in their Muslim countries simply because there's a flash up somewhere about LGBT in that film. So they said, no way, not in our country. But we are Christians. And here in North America, we accept anything. We are like a spiritual hippopotamus that open our mouth and any junk that comes, we accept it. When a man wants to do right and he wants to promote, do you think we can march and say we want to have a normal people march? Or you'll be criticized, condemned, pushed in the corner. But you're a pervert and you got some hidden wicked agenda. You got rights. And this is the society we're living in. And we've got to try to raise children in this society, and we're doing a, not a good job. And so, I'm going to pick on the Jehovah's Witness just for a few moments here before we carry on with this lesson. Because one day a Jehovah's Witness, uh, two witnesses came to my house, and one was an elderly man, and with a young man, uh, he was in training. You remember his name? Jeff. Jeff. His name. The young one was Jeff. And they came and they stood in my house. And the young one was in training. So he's looking at me. They don't know who I am. I said, I read, read the Awake magazine all the time. I like the magazine. And they started. I said, you know, but I got one problem. God, what is the name of God? And they said, Jehovah. Right away. Jehovah. Was there a time when he was by himself? No man was created. No angels were created. The worlds were not created. And God just existed. They said yes. I said well why he needs a name. Did he have a name then? Who would call him by his name? And the young one says well. He looked at the older man right. And he did not know what to answer. He said well. We never really thought about it. The older man says, we came to preach to you, not you preaching to us. And they left. Not long after, I had another Jehovah's Witness man come. And so, I, as a matter of fact, when the old man was gone, Jeff came to my house alone. And he says, I want to sit down and talk to you. And Jeff spent many days at my house coming to visit alone. And I remember me sitting on a chair and Jeff is sitting on the carpet communicating with me. And then one day he brought a girl. I think her name was Nira. He says, this is my fiance. And then they got married. And then Jehovah's Witness relocated them to a different place. And so ever so often you meet a Jehovah's Witness. And the last time I met one, he left in my house angry. I didn't mean for him to be angry. 
but I raise the subject again, some other subject. And when I raise that subject, this man left angry, turned around to me like this. He says, you need to pray and repent to Jehovah. I said, if you find that in your Bible, I will do it. And he did not bother to talk with me left. And so I've got his Bible in front of me. Jehovah's Witness believe that you don't pray to the Father, you pray to Jehovah. So I'm going to read quickly here in Matthew, in John's Gospel. John's Gospel, Jehovah's Witness Bible. This is Jehovah's Witness Bible. This is not our King James. In, Ma in John the fifth chapter and uh, verse 14, Jesus is uh, heals someone and he says, go and sin no more. Verse 16 says in the Jehovah's Witness New World Translation, it says, For this reason the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things during the Sabbath. He says, My father has kept, kept working until now, and I keep working. Now Jesus called his dad, his father, his creator. He didn't say Jehovah. He says, My father. This is why the Jews began seeking all the more to kill him. Now think about it. We're not living in that time. But if you were, the mass of religion in that area were the Jews. The Pharisees were the straightest of sect. Talk about dress right. Look godly. Create a public impression that you're godly. The Pharisees were. Sometimes I think we are the Pharisees of the 21st century. Because we got this presentation to you to show that we are the religious people. The way we dress. My definition of modesty is different than a political view of modesty. Modesty does not tell you how long long is or how short short is. Modesty is something that comes from the heart and the Holy Spirit must guide you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, I don't expect you to be modest. And if you fake the Holy Ghost, I don't expect you to be modest. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about these principles that we live by the Pharisees in that period of time, you're living there, you might want to join the Pharisee church because the Pharisee were the straightest of sect, the most straight and disciplined bunch of people. And Jesus said they were blind leaders of the blind. Is it possible that an entire organization could be there thinking they're worshiping God and they're not. Jesus said, for in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I'm getting to Father's Day in a minute. And when I'm thinking about it, this morning I'm pondering these things, and I'm thinking, if you go back there and you try to live in that period of time, you would scarcely find a godly man. But were there godly men? Yes, they were. Luke writes and he described a man whose name was Simeon. 
A man that lived righteously amidst an apostasy of his time. Not everybody goes blind. Not everybody stops seeing spiritually. But you see, the concept that we have promoted for years is that you get the light of God in your head. I believe the light must come in your heart and direct your path as you live. Like Brother Sam said, he said Brother Singh is looking for this improvement in our lives. I might not word it the right way, but when I preach a gospel, and I told someone this recently, when I preach a gospel, I preach it and I want to see if God is working in lives. So I preach a message and then I look at the lives of the people that are in the congregation and see how many will change their lifestyle and start living for God. James made a statement, but James made a statement here. He says in James, get your Bibles now, let's look at uh, King James Version. And in James, <clears throat> the fifth chapter of the book of James, the epistle of James, he says, if there be any sick, verse 13, um, he says, if is any among you afflicted, let him pray. If you're afflicted, the best thing to, for you to do is to pray. Prayer is not telling God what you want. Prayer is finding, seeking God to find out what he wants. To seek after God is not giving God a shopping list. And James went on here, he says, verse 14, if any sick among you. Now I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to me because I was talking this morning, this morning I was talking about this concept that when I'm sick, shoulders not right, knee not right, all kinds of problems you feel in your body. Listen what? Listen, listen to me carefully. God never makes a mistake. Helga told me that. I don't know, she must have been in a German revival or something. But she told me that God never makes a mistake. And you and I that are suffering, if there is any sick among you, or whatever affliction we learned, you got to pray. Pray is what? Telling God what you need to, to tell him or listening to what God has to tell you. What did Jesus do when he prayed all night? Was he mourning for the world? Well, we read one of his prayer in John 17 when he says he prays to the Father. I'm going to read the Jehovah's Witness Bible and tell you what Jesus said in John 17. In John 17, Jesus prayed like this, and he said, he says, Jesus spoke these things, raising up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, who he addressed? Not Jehovah. When a Jehovah's Witness says you need to pray to Jehovah, and that's why they call their name Jehovah's Witness, that doesn't mean they're witnesses of Jehovah. 
What you call yourself does not mean anything. What God sees you as, that's important. And in the Jehovah's Witness Bible, it says, Father, uh, so in verse 5, he, Jesus went on again. He said, so now, Father, glorify me. And he went on through that entire chapter calling his father, Father. In verse 11, he says, I'm no longer in the world, but they're in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Jehovah's Witness Bible, Jesus is praying to his father. What's wrong? Is it possible that eight million people could be wrong? Yes. Is it possible that 1.3 billion Catholics, when they pray to Mary, they're wrong? Yes. Is it possible that Gospel Assembly has some things that are not right in the sight of God? Yes. Was it possible that in the days of Jesus, all Israel was a land of darkness? And there was just a few like Simeon, a man that walked with God and the Holy Spirit prior to the day of Pentecost led Simeon to the temple to see the baby Jesus. Yes. He didn't leave the, the temple. He didn't leave the fellowship. But it doesn't seem like he goes all the time to church because what he's going to hear, Anastok, is he going to hear Caiaphas give a talk? What about Dr. Gamaliel? Did he go to hear Dr. Gamaliel? You see, Simeon was one of the wise men. Wiser than the ones who sat in authority giving instruction to the people in that time. Simeon was wise. As far as God was concerned, as far as Jesus was concerned, the Pharisees were all blind. And Jesus prayed to his father. He did all the time. And in James here it says, verse, 15, verse 14, James chapter 5, If any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And pray, hope to God that the elders did pray themselves that day. Do you know, I am particular about who lays their hand on my head? As Brother Sam. We went one time to charismatic church. There are mannerisms that every organization that's a Christian organization in this world has that we need to be examined and find out where it has its origin from. Some of the churches we have overseas would prefer me not to preach on this subject as to where we, get our, we got our dance from. But somebody's got to speak. Somebody's got to talk about it. You see, because I'm coming out of Hinduism and the Madras religion, when we look at Guyana, they beat their drums and they dance. When I was last time, one of the, my visits in Haiti, they had a political rally, and the people in the political, they dance in a political rally. <clears throat> and you look at the church, when the music is playing, and they dance just like the political party. Because if the devil can bring enough flesh in, 
into a service, God leaves. The Spirit of God will not stay in a service if there's flesh there. And that is why I went to some meetings and I never would go back. Because when I'm in a meeting in the body of Christ, and this one believes a doctrine different than that one, and everyone is promoting their doctrine differently, we have one body, well, it's going to heal one day. Which day? You know why Jesus sanctified himself from religion of that time? They could not get healed. And we're living in a period of time where we've got to understand what God wants us to do. Because if the spirit is moving and you still go home with your diabetes, you still go home lame and uh, impotent and whatever else is wrong with you, then how much did the spirit really move? If the kids that got the Holy Ghost were motivated to speak in tongues, they did not get the Holy Ghost. Here's Brother Sinbad and Sister Pam. Did you all remember in Guyana when someone got the Holy Ghost and Brother Sin cast the demon out and they stopped speaking in tongues? Do you remember? Come home from Georgetown and someone is speaking in tongues very loud. And Brother Arnold said, they got the Holy Ghost when you were away. That's dangerous. And I said, that's not the Holy Ghost, that's demons, brother. And we walked over there, brother Dan, and rebuked the devil. And the person stopped speaking in tongues. That was not the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Ghost is meek, it's gentle, it's dove-like, it's the spirit of Jesus. We don't need mechanics in the church, mechanical operation. If we have the genuine spirit of God moving. And when God is working in the church. The church becomes a means of evangelism in the community. If I come to church and I shine my light on you. And you shine your light on me. And I shine my light on somebody else. And somebody shining their light. Is that what God intends? Let your light so shine. That you might... That you, your fellow brother and sisters might glorify God? No. As a matter of fact, I've got to make sure when I stand, I shine light and not darkness. And the reason why Jesus was opposed was because he challenged what they did in that period of time. So did Jesus join all the movements in that time? No. He separated himself. But before he could do that, God separated John the Baptist. And yet, 8 million Jehovah's Witnesses are, are abusing the name of God for their own purpose. 1.3 billion Catholics say the Hail Mary full of grace, and they are wrong. When it comes to the Muslims, 1.8 billion Muslims pray more than most Christians pray in our day. 
Sister Chandri says, how can they wear the hijab when the weather is so hot? You know how they can? Because their religion and their God demands it. But the Christians go half naked and do whatever they want to do and feel that that's okay. We need to be converted. But Sam told, Jesus told Peter, but as I mentioned last night, he says, he says, Satan desired to have you that he might sift you, but I prayed for you. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. We've got a father that's beyond earthly father. And I'm glad I had an, an earthly father that was wonderful. But coming back to James here, before we move any further, he says in verse 14, If any sick among you, let him call the elders of the church. Now, if the elders are full of the devil, they can't pray for you and cast your devil out. As a matter of fact, you might give them a few or they give you a few. That is why an elder must be careful how they pray. They must be able to rise up early and seek after God. They must have an anointing on their lives. So when individuals come up for prayer, they can be prayed for. That's for the elders. What about the people that are being prayed for? All right, let's read. They call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him or her, anointing with oil in the name of Jesus. And the prayer, what is this? The prayer of faith. Shall save the sick. But James wrote it up a little different here. He says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him or her up. And if they have committed what? Sins. If they have committed sins. It shall be forgiven. So if I am being. I'm sick. Like me. What do you think the first thing I do when I pray in the morning? Forgive me this day. My trespasses, God. Every time I start to pray, Brother Dan, first thing I say, Father, I praise your name and thank you for this day that I'm alive. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that my family is alive. Thank you for living in a safe country. And Lord, I need your help today. Help me not to sin. And if I've sinned, forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. That's what I do. Every day, Brother John, every single day I ask God because I'm not yet ready to be offered. And I know the Father is always there to listen to our prayers. And when... I have an ailment. You know, I went to Ghana, lived those suitcases. You remember, I told you, and injured myself. Well, God, the devil to be blamed. No, 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 the devil is not to be blamed. It's my lack of wisdom and the judgment of God. So, brother, saying, why did you get sick? I got sick because of my own rebellion. And because of imperfections in my own life, I got sick. So before I ask you to pray for me, Brother John, I want you to know that I confess my sins already. 
Because if I will continue to sin, continue to violate the commandments of God, no elder, 1,000 elders laying there, gallons of oil on my head ain't going to heal me. It's me and God. See this body? It's the temple of God, supposedly. I'm going to ask you the question, is your body the temple of God? And so thanks for that scripture last night. Because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. And Jesus told that man that got healed, he says, go and sin no more. Because you go and sin, the same problems come back. God never errs. And someday we'll get in the book of Job and I'll show you how Job complained about God dealing with him. But you see, God is not concerned about you complaining. He sees the end result, what he wants to produce in the end. That's what he sees. Time is not a factor with God because he does not occupy time. You and I are the ones occupying time. You and I getting old, he doesn't get old. And if he wants you saved, he will make you saved. But we have a heavenly father that is able to save us. Over in, in Matthew chapter 7... Jesus made a comment here. He says, judge not, verse 1. He says, judge not, be not judged. With what judgment you judge, it shall be judged. And then he comes down here and he makes a statement in verse 7. He says, and it, and it shall be given unto Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, Receive it, and he that seek it will find, and him that knock it, it shall be open. And then he makes a comparison here. He says, Or what man is there among you whom his son asks for bread? Will he give him a stone? The earthly fathers are kind and they know how to treat you right. And if he asks for a fish, will the earthly father give him a serpent? Will the earthly father give him a serpent? No. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever that men would should do to you, even so do to them. See, there's, a, there's this responsibility we have as Christians. And may God help us that this Father's Day is not just a celebration of Father's Day, you know, we give up every father a little present. But we admonish you listening to me today that whether it's an earthly father or a spiritual father, Pay attention to the good advice that you receive from your spiritual parents and your natural parents. Many a times I sit down and figure out and try to understand what will happen in a few years. What will happen in a few years? And when we are doing renovations or doing something and someone says, well, you know, I'm going to do that roof and, 
I'm going to give you a door that's guaranteed for 25 years. I said, can you imagine where I will be in 25 years? Do I need that kind of guarantee? 25 years, where would I be? If now I can scarcely need long and get up rapidly, can you imagine 99? Remember the Lord provided a walker for me downstairs? Mm -hmm. Still in the box. I don't want to take it out lest the devil says, I'm taking it out and let me let him use it. No, I'll keep it. And if it, I don't use it, Brother Sam, <laughs> Brother John, can you imagine Brother John coming in with a burgundy? This man that could run a marathon? Not every day. There'll come a time when you guys will not have your dad anymore. Now it's every day to me is Father's Day. Every day I honor my spiritual father, my God, the, the father that's in heaven. Every day I honor him. And for our literal fathers, you're not going to have him forever. Love him. Bear up in his, what you might think, imperfections. Because what you might think is imperfection is really, might be perfection. Helga told me, she says, I want to tell you that the younger generation don't think. The same angel woman that came to me, that's what she told me. Younger generation don't think. They don't see reality. They don't anticipate what the future holds. They don't foresee the evil. She didn't tell me that. They don't foresee the evil and hide themselves. They pass on and are punished. Parents are not going to be around forever, J. Jeremiah. Your mom is not going to be around forever. Now is the time to love her and to treat her with respect. Hear that, Nathan? Now is the time to love that man and treat him with respect. Now. Now is the time to love your mom. Miracle. Love her. Vanessa, same thing. But we've got a good heavenly father. And we want to love him seriously. My earthly father was a good man. But my spiritual father was a wonderful man. My earthly father could only give me what would keep me alive in this world. But my spiritual father was what gave me a message that I'll cherish forever. And I would like to say that may God help us. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that is telling us as we move towards the future, not everything passed on to us might be profitable for today. You learn how to move on when God moves on. And may God guide us and help us. It's nice talking to you today. A lot of things we talk about. Um, we talk about Helga, right? Helga from Germany. 
She says, be pleasant influence to the people you meet. Without being ju judgment, accepting people without being judgmental. Don't make God laugh because you try and tell God what to do. And she told me, and that was personal, she says, don't overwork yourself. I didn't tell her what the doctor told me, but she said the same thing he did. He says, my doctor said, you're not 35. And so today, as I close this service, but the psalm is right. I preach a gospel, and I look to see the results. I pray for every one of you. And sometimes I wonder if my prayer is really helping you or helping me. Because if I pray that God would convert you and I still see you living unconvertedly, it worries me. Those are things that stress me because I'd like to see the church move on in God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this service, this Father's Day. Help us, O oh God, to follow instructions. Help us not to give up on our natural parents. And more important, Father, help us not to give up on our spiritual parents. Help us not to be blinded by their flaws and humanity. But help us, O oh God, see the good that exists in their lives and your God-given purpose for parents. Give us direction. Help us not to be talkers, O oh Father, but to live what we believe and what we hear, Father. Give us a word that will direct our steps, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day again to everyone. God bless you. Let's receive our regular Sunday afternoon offering, your tithes, your offering, whatever you have to support the work of God. All goes well. Uh, within a month, we should be able to see a new door place out there. And um, without spending an arm and a leg to get it sorted up, but we want to see that done. And um, there is a company that is coming in to do some filming in the dining room. And I was telling somebody this morning, I said, when Elijah, who was it was fed by ravens? Elijah? And so when Elijah was left alone and Israel went into their own direction, God sent ravens to feed him. And there's a movie company that will give us some money to use the dining room. And they're not going to do any pornography or any evil thing. They know this is a church. And they would honor that, the church in that way. But the gentleman came and he said, you know, on top of what we will pay for the place, he says, I try to open your louvers, your, your blinds in the dining room and they fall off. He says, and we, what we're shooting, we need the old 60s looks. And yours is the best 60s looks. I said, well... I can look a little above 60, you need me to act? He says, no. <laughs> we just need a background. He says, so what we're going to do, and that's next week, Thursday, they're going to come on in, and they will take their time and redo that whole dining room that you will not even recognize it if you walk in. They're just putting up structures. 
and they will take their structures when they leave. They said the only thing that we will leave is we'll remove all your verticals, all your blinds, and replace them. I said, sure. Can you remove the air condition too that's not working? And you know what he said? Yeah. He says, we'll remove that and we'll plug the, the windows. We'll put something temporary because if this works good, we're coming back at the ending of July. I said, sure. I said, can you come and visit my house because the blinds there are 20 something years old? Nice gentleman. But you know what? Sometimes ravens provide. So may God help us. God's good to us. God is good. Can we sing that? God is good for the offering. Yes, they move slow anyway. See, you know, we play a pass number and they still move slow. So can we sing God is good all the time? Isn't, this, isn't it wonderful to have a heavenly father that cares? For God so loved the world. The Father so loved the world, He gave the best gift, His own Son, to save us from our sins. I can never be unthankful to God. I must be crazy when I say, Lord, thank you for the injury. Thank you for the shoulder. And as I treat myself, even if it remains God, I still thank you. When the Lord touched Jacob, he limped for the rest of his life. But his spirit got changed. God bless you. Amen.